Our scripture this morning is taken from what I like to call the gospel of Isaiah. I think we would be hard pressed to find any book in the Old Testament that has as many references to the gospel as the book of Isaiah. And uh, we're going to begin reading with uh, in chapter 55 and reading beginning with verse uh, six. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy upon them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. One of the things that has surprised me the most about about my ministry through the years is how difficult it is for people to change. And I mean change about anything. I read once not too long ago that there was a a couple who was divorced because one of them was a morning person and the other was not. And it dramatically affected their way of life. And they couldn't get together. And so neither would change and it ended in divorce. Now, many of us know the challenge and the difficulty of change, even when it's in our best interest. We try to lose weight. We try to get organized. We resolve to control our temper. And then there are the more destructive habits, aren't there? Alcoholism, drug addiction, all kinds of sexual addictions. The point is, regardless of the habit, there seems to be something inborn and built into us that is resistant to change. And yet, when we look at God's word, what we find is that change is one of the most fundamental characteristics of the new life that God gives us. From the very moment that we become Christians, we are changed. We're changed from darkness into light. We're changed in from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We're changed from uh, children of this world to the to children of God. And if we're going to live as God calls us to live... We're going to have to be open to change. I want you to think for a moment for a world in which there was no change. There was no day and night. It was night or day all the time. There were no seasons of fall, spring, uh, summer. And you just got stuck in one thing. There was not but one food to eat all the time, not but one music to sing. There were no new stories to tell, no new people, no new friends to get to know. Well, what we're going to see this morning, beloved, is that there can be no Christian life where there is no change. And in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there is one teaching that comes up again and again that refers and focuses on the need for change. And that teaching is that of repentance. It is this biblical understanding of repentance that I want us to investigate and talk about 
this morning. Now, we're going to spend some time looking at repentance. And this is a curious thing. Really, everything that we need to know about repentance can be found in the definition of the word. And I'm going to give you the Greek word right now because I think, well, at least it's a, a cool Greek word. It's, it's metanoia. And I want to explain what metanoia means. What the word metanoia means, translated repentance, is a change of mind. And I want to tell you why it's important for us to know this. It's because change always proceeds from the inside out, not the outside in. We believe that Christian growth comes as God deals with the spirit and with the heart. But sometimes we live life as if, well, we've got to change the outside. We've got to change our behavior, the things that we say, the things that we do, the way that we act. And if we do that, then we'll be better Christians. And what this has produced is a grossly legalistic way of life. In other words, if I can just work a little harder to get my life under control, if I can push myself to live in such a way that I can get these temptations and bad habits out of the way, I would be pleasing to God. And here's the irony of all ironies, folks. The harder you work at it, the bigger the problem becomes. Why? Because all change starts with metanoia. A change from the inside, beginning with a change of the mind. It starts from the inside, and then and only then can it work to the outside. Unfortunately, repentance today has gotten a bad rap, hasn't it? Uh, For many of us, when we think of the word repentance, it conjures up feelings of of guilt and shame and uh, condemnation and failure. In repentance, there certainly is regret and remorse for sin, but repentance is so much more than that. Repentance is what awakens my spiritual senses. It brings out of me out of my spiritual lethargy. It serves to guard my heart and to protect the treasures of grace and peace and hope. That have been given to me by the grace of God. And so a prominent theme in the preaching of both the Old Testament and the New is the call to repent. And that's why we read in Isaiah where he says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy upon them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon And this call to repent is also given by our Lord Jesus Christ to be taken to the whole world as an integral part of the gospel. After his resurrection, Jesus was in Jerusalem with his disciples and teaching them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. And here is what he said. Repentance for the forgiveness and remission of sins should be Proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. So you see, one cannot truly embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ without responding to the call to repent.
Now, it's important, secondly, for us to know that repentance is not just a call to the change of the mind, but repentance constitutes a fundamental change in one's affections as well. Now, I'm going to ask you for just a few moments to uh, use your imagination. And I want you to imagine me uh, at about the age of, uh, say, 20 years old. And I'm going with a woman uh, that I find attractive. And we spend quite a number of entertaining times together. We go out. We have lots of fun. And there are times that I just, frankly, could not imagine life uh, without her. The only problem is this particular woman tends to drag me down, drag me down spiritually, emotionally and physically. And there are times when I could swear that she really uh, doesn't care what I think or what I say. But I don't want to give her up because she's all I got. And then one day I meet the lady of my dreams. And as we talk, I find out we have so many things in common. I find that her company brings me grace and harmony and peace to my life. And there's a connection of intimacy that I have never experienced before. Now, what is this going to do to me? It is going to be a call for a change. But it's not going to be a change that I begrudge. I willfully, willfully and cheerfully change my mind and decide that if I'm going to have one, I've got to turn my back on the other. That's repentance. So we can ask, what would motivate me to turn my back on one for the other? In many ways, I'm satisfied with this relationship. She meets many of our need, of my needs. And I'm not really even looking to get out of the relationship. But everything changes when I meet the woman of my dreams. I'm motivated to change because I see the beauty and the attractiveness of this lady that I have just met. I look at her and say, there just ain't no way that I'm going to miss this. Beloved, repentance is motivated by just such an affection. And we live with a sense of complacency in our own lives, don't we? We live with a sense of a humdrum experience. And we have no idea that things could be different. And then we meet the real deal. And when you eat mama's apple pie, you ain't going back to anything else. When we behold the beauty of the crucified Jesus... We see him in all of his glory and holiness. When we hear him speak to us words of grace and comfort and forgiveness. And when we feel the power of his transforming love. When he promises to us that he is going to create all things new. It's then and only then that we are willing to make the sacrifice necessary to turn our backs on the old way of life. But of course here... We must be careful because repentance is not changing your life. Remember how we defined it? It's the change of your mind. It's not the changing of your life. Repentance doesn't mean that I set out to right all the wrongs in my life. 
It's not that I get out and do something in order to earn God's favor. It's not even a form of self-reformation or self-renunciation. It's not a mere confession or remorse. It's not even a temporary change in my behavior. Repentance is a change of the heart and of the mind that only when God comes and shows me the beauty of Christ and the joy of the Christian life and the, the, the promises of his word that he blesses me with. Now, here's the clincher. The whole idea of repentance is impossible to achieve. You say, what? You see, folks, we find it impossible to change. We can't change our minds and affections, which means that we can't change our actions. Jeremiah said it this way. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard his spots? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. What's the secret here? What I'm saying, folks, is that repentance is a gift. Then why are we called to repent, we might ask? We are called to repent in order that we might realize how completely unable that we are to 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 get this grace going and to get our lives right. And we are thrown into the mercy of Almighty God who alone can bring the change. You see, I love chicken. And I can tell myself all day long that I don't like chicken. But the fact is, I do. Now, let's suppose that I discover when I sit down to eat chicken that that chicken is contaminated with the bird flu. Immediately, I have a change of mind about the chicken, this chicken at least. And this describes our nature outside of Christ. By by nature, we love our sin. By nature, we find it attractive. And we can tell ourselves all day long that we don't like being in, that we don't like being in control or that we don't uh, like having our own way. But the truth is, that's the way we are by nature. And only God, by his grace, can help us to understand what is stupid and harmful about my present way of life or about my course of action. But on my own, I can't see it. On my own, I'm blind to it. In summary, folks, I want to express these thoughts. Repentance is an attitude of life, not a tearful, one-time expression of sorrow. It is the attitude that says that I want my life to make sense. I don't want to avoid the stupid pitfalls of irresponsibility. I want to live in such a way that my life makes a difference. I want to embrace the gift of joy and integrity. I don't want to be lulled into a deceptive notion that actions do not have consequences. And I want to understand where I am going in life so that I don't get to the end and find out That it's all been a waste. This is the gift of repentance. A change in the heart and in the mind. A change that only God himself can bring about. 
Years ago, I knew a lady, a friend of our family, who was getting married. We did not find out till later that uh, she didn't love the man that she was marrying. Uh, she was in love with someone else. And she waited till the day of her wedding to confide this in, to some folks. And they encouraged her to call it off. They told her, we still love you. This life can go on better if you do the right thing. You don't have to do this. But she didn't listen. She didn't want to disappoint her dad. She didn't want to disappoint her friends. The day of the wedding, she was being encouraged to not do it. Can you imagine the turmoil going through this lady at this time? I want to submit that you and I face a similar choice. We often give our lives to things that we really don't want. And there is something much greater there, but we're afraid to change. But there is a voice that says, you don't have to go on with this. You don't have to live with this like this. And that's the voice of repentance. It's a gift of God that puts the brakes On a life of heartache and ruin. There's an old country song that says, It's sad to belong to someone else when the right one comes along. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the theology behind that. But I do believe this. That through repentance, we do not have to belong to someone else. Through repentance... We belong to the one who loved us, redeemed us, and bought us for his own possession. Let us bow. Our Lord, we do thank you for the gift of repentance. Lord, for some of us, we may be on the wrong path in life, habits and actions in our lives have taken root. And have destroyed others around us and maybe even we ourselves. We ask, Lord, for your spirit to come and bring conviction. For your spirit to come and to restore to us the real joy of our salvation. To reveal to us the wonderful beauty of Jesus and his holiness and his grace and his love. We thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.